0: Probably every one of us laggy in our own special way. Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> That's what we I would to, to achieve though. though. <laughs> I <laughs> think Everything I'm lagging for
1: sure.
0: It's Monday on Game of Owns. We are recording over the internet because we live in different places than each other.
2: What? Mm. That's yeah, news to me. it's true. I thought we all lived together in, you know, a great hall of party. Yeah. Had great feasts together. I take all of
0: Selena's profile photos, even the one with the sunglasses and the big rock I took that
2: <laughs> Yes, he did. That was a <laughs> King we're
0: having a good time because it's Monday, and all four of us are together after last week. uh that was like a busy, strange week, but like mm. I feel like we survived it
1: I know, and uh good thing too, because we just get to the part of the books where. Certain oh my characters God. This is like that will so play exciting. a larger <laughs> role are being introduced. Are you kidding?
2: I am like, su- I, su- <laughs> I can't even contain my excitement. The chapters we have this week are like ridiculous. They
1: are really great. Yeah, it's
2: almost
3: like George yeah. knew Selena. just for you. He was going to introduce just
2: for me the yeah.
3: Reeds and then Brienne
2: and then Brienne. I, don't I think mean, you it care doesn't as get much better than that.
3: About Gilly, to be honest, let, let, let's ah. face it. You need to own up to that yeah. and be truthful. <laughs>
2: Maybe, you know, compared to the other two I know
3: Sam would be very disappointed I bet he would. Sam
0: might find problems in that, but you know, those are chapters that we can visit later on in the week. We have read excitedly because we're glad to be back on this week of being chapter by chapter. That made no sense, but Mm. in a way, it it sort of did. It didn't have an intellectual flow to it, but the words actually made sense.
2: Yeah, you'll wash them and they'll come out fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sometimes that's how a podcast works, though, isn't it? Pretty much, I think. Yeah,
1: but it's okay because we didn't go to school for this, so. Can we teach it?
2: Can
3: we we go in? That's that's what we need to do moving forward. (laughs) Professor
1: Micah. I'm I'm already
3: a professor. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Meister Meister Micah. He's like,
3: and the theory
0: behind plugging iTunes is that you (laughs) want to give your listeners a catalyst to direct them toward actually doing it. So in my show, we devised a way of a a fear mechanism where we would threaten their lives and in turn, they would comment our show. But you see, think
3: of all the bullshit courses there are out there we could we could definitely teach one and talk about stuff exactly like what you just brought up
1: i'm pretty sure i'm the broadcasting school's equivalent of like the recess teacher who like (laughs) guards people during recess make sure they don't go outside the perimeter that's pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure that's what I would do. We did get an email recently.
0: Um, someone who went back to our earlier episodes, and they were mentioning that when you were given the hyperbole plug early on, Selena, you just you didn't spell it all the way out. So they thought for such a long time that you were plugging a site called yeah, I was just saying like it a wrong. Hyperbole, like a hyperbole. No, no, you were saying <laughs> it right, but the, the accent was like it confused them. And you see these <laughs> the, these are the kinds uh, of things that we need from our listeners. Yeah, you know, absolutely. This ready made advice. Yeah. You know, this is a teaching course. Like we can now speak at length, about spelling things out
3: loud. Are you transitioning into us talking about how to say people's names properly on the show? <laughs> well, I tried to get into that. I wanted to make sure that we all.
0: That'll from be the this pronunciation
2: on, module that's happening next semester, guys. There
0: are ways that you can mispronounce things and stay under the radar, but then there are certain ways that will definitely go very noticed. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, our little friend here in this special, special Monday episode where we meet some fancy people, Bren, Managed to stay on his best behavior, which is good, and he managed to be an exceptional lordling, I think.
2: I agree. Well, it's
1: really inspiring the way that the lordlings get the food first so that they can take their king's portion of food during during all the feasts. That would inspire me to be a great, pragmatic ruler mm. just so I could continue getting the king's portion of food first. Did you? Really? Yeah, that's you a terrible reason to, uh, to want to become king.
2: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't vote for you. <laughs> I,
1: I I really like that that idea well, of if all of everything. Then none of your
3: uh, none of your people would ever get fed.
1: Nobody wants everything uh, buttered turnips. The phrase got the <laughs> the phrase got the the turnips and the parsnips and the beets.
2: Yeah, can uh, we just you know, can Brad, we just talk Brad about was, how he sent that to the Frey boys? Like <laughs> yes, yes. is crack up.
0: The the fray boys got, got that. Failed to mention the best mechanic of this whole thing is that after they get to make their pick, they look out into the audience, and this is what Bran was taught. And you get to choose where the food goes. So it's like mm. doing people a solid that are in. <laughs> and your, he's like, you know, oh your yeah, area. and
2: he's like this this guy that like watches my horse. He doesn't really do anything, but I'm gonna send him this nice lobster. chicken <laughs> lobster just because I like him. <laughs>
1: He sent Hodor the sweets. Hodor got a lot of sugar. old man, that was
0: amazing. Lady Hormund got some salmon. Because she looked sad. Keeping Mm -hmm. her spirits up. Mm -hmm. Nice, light meat. I think that, you know, I think this would be probably the most powerful power play you can make in this seat. If you really think about it, everyone (laughs) is assembled for a feast. They're all friends. And now it's like the old Imperial version of a MySpace top eight. You're like, all right, who gets the roasted quail? You? Mm. And then, you know, people get to really find out things about how the kingdom is ran. But in this case, that really wasn't what was happening. Bran was just honestly getting full and passing food out to people for the mm-hmm. first time.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which now That was great. an interesting uh, jo- part of the job description that I must have looked over. Uh, but uh, it was good. He handled <laughs> you it You were very focused,
0: well. man, on the top part. You were like, wait, they get... <sighs> first scoop out of every plate <laughs> am i hearing yeah. this correctly you know what made
2: me really sad is that all while all this brand stuff is going on and obviously we'll we'll get to mira and and uh, Ray, and uh, what's his face Jojen, whoa uh, in Joe. a minute <laughs> um but we're, it's really sad that in all of brand's chapters this really tragic love story has been going on in the background between lady hornwood and um
0: Roderick, Roderick Cassell?
2: Roderick Cassell Yeah, where she's like, oh well, yeah. you know, he really likes she, he really likes, oh, she really likes him, and then they're like, oh well, then Beth could have a mother, and he's like, oh no, that that wouldn't work. We're, we're the wrong stations, and <laughs> here in this chapter, he uh, asks her to dance, and she declines, and I'm like, no, it's so yeah. sad. So yeah, he didn't
1: ask for the digits soon enough. That's <laughs> what it was sent of the salmon. I know. <laughs> It, or uh, should have sent her the uh, what is it that's a um, oh, what's the word aphrodisiac? Uh, um,
2: green. We should have sent her
1: some chocolate <laughs> anyway. But uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oyster. The party quickly, the feast yeah. quickly turned into a rave, Mollister. which I was, I was surprised. Is <laughs> when about. the
2: when the reeds walked in. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, they walked in. I thought, yeah, these guys are know how to get down, and they know how to get down, and the trees they're so apparently short. They know how to.
0: I've seen this scene before in a video game I played a long time ago called The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Uh And what should have happened when Link snuck into the castle is to actually meet everyone, you know, meet the ruling class. And this is what happened. We got to see the kids from the Kokiri. They came out of hiding and they were like, all right, we're getting the old crowd back together. Well, then here's our damn sword and axe. We're here. That
2: was beautiful. It was cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you say old crowd, all I think of is Order of the Phoenix. I had a feeling <laughs> one of you guys would think, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but also during the uh, description for them when Bran was going back on what he heard of it, I thought of an old video game I had, which wasn't Zelda. It was called Bayou Billy and by you's going <laughs> by like Zelda going around in these uh, <laughs> swamps because the reeds are from these swamps actually they live in these okay. i guess little raised pieces of land uh and yeah. they hide in trees and they're considered i guess cowardly by some people because their weapons uh you know are are fused with with poison they have like poison arrows and poison and they hide in the shadow rather than uh coming you know to face you up front but i thought it was really interesting insight not just into the reeds but because Bran... Um, was aware that Howlin' Reed Um, was one of, one of Ned's closest friends or allies, at least, you know, from down in the, in the days where he was down by the fork. So, in spite of these guys being called cowards by others or whatever, you know, Brad knows that Ned knew these guys and, and he kind of supports them, which is really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, no, we
0: got to hear of a story where he was recalling when, when Ned was speaking to him once, sort of giving him a lesson and he was telling him about Sir Arthur Dane. And how if it wasn't for Howland Reed, you know, this would be someone who could have easily killed Ned.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know? So the Reeds were a part of the Stark posse. Yeah, the part of the Stark the, of the Starks posse, exactly. Because it's, it's the same <laughs> thing that's happening now, where everyone's gathering forces. That's what was right. happening during the last rebellion. Mm-hmm. And this guy was the Reeds on our side. Really
1: represent an important part of warfare, which is the guerrilla. You know, warfare. They're guerrilla tacticians. They do things that you just wouldn't think of. And as a result, those people who run across a field, you know, in plain sight to fight you, you know, may easily overpower you. But if you got some reeds in there with some, you know, poison darts and shit hiding in behind (laughs) trees in swamps, that's how you're going to win the war. You know, if you're being outnumbered or something, you know, you don't take them on their terms. You take them on your own. So I, I think that's probably why the reeds were very useful to Ned. And uh, it just, just it makes sense that they would be allies. You're
2: thinking very much in battle strategies today. I think you're trying to win your your kingdom with your king's portions.
1: I really want my king's portion, okay? <laughs> so Except what's for dinner for, tonight, Eric? Is that too much to ask? Oh, you I've know, I've some uneaten stews. dinner sitting beside me. I'm gonna have some staring. venison stew, <laughs> venison stew, and uh, boiled you know, hot red potatoes, nips. leeks. Yeah. Yeah, parsnips and leeks. So much lemon. You know, after this chapter, I realized finally why there is a Game of Thrones cookbook out there. Know, <laughs> There's like peppered, peppered, uh, I... uh, what was All it? Right, quail? Let's
0: just hear it. Such food Bran had never seen. Course after course after course. <laughs> so course. much that he could not manage more than a bite of or two of each dish. There were great <laughs> joints of Arocs, roasted with leeks, venison of pies, chunky with carrots, oh, bacon geez. and mushrooms, mutton chops, sauced in a honey and cloves, savory duck, peppered boar, goose, skewers, <laughs> of pigeon boar. and cap- capon, capon, beef and <laughs> barley stew, cold fruit soup, Lord cold Wyman had brought soup. 20 casts of fish from White Harbor packed in salt and seaweed, <laughs> Whitefish and wrinkles, crabs and mussels, clams and herring, cod, salmon, lab- lobster, lampreys, black bread, honey cakes, oat Bye. and biscuits, not no biscuits, Oat hmm. and biscuits. Oat and biscuits. You Turnips, could, you could peas, do a peas, game beets, of beans, squash, huge red onions, baked apples, berry tarts, pears, porches, <laughs> oh strong wine. Wills of white cheese were set at every table above and below the salt and flagons <laughs> of hot spiced wine and chilled autumn ale. I think we just down discovered
2: down the why these books are so long. I'm impressed yes. that <laughs>
0: Zach
3: memorized all that. I know. <laughs> it was hard. And wait, what did you say that uh, it was Wyman Mandely? he ate all of that? Is that yeah. <laughs> that's what I took away from
1: that.
2: <laughs> he might as well have. Yes,
1: that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I like him, though. Yeah. But, Brad, my God, the only food that's not here is at Renly's camp in the I next know, chapter. I know, and that's the, <laughs> the, the whole peaches and and the, the kingdom,
2: yes. sausage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. So, the reeds come, and...
0: <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, essentially, the reeds come, and I feel like what this does, in my mind, is really show us the state of the state. Because the last time they came and took an oath and took a vow, like they did in the old ways, here in front of a Stark... Other things were happening, and now we really know. I mean, not that we didn't know before, but it's nice to see. You know, shit is moving.
2: Why do you think that uh, the reeds are like the children of and Reed are coming as opposed to and Reed himself? Because these two, girls, like these these two um, children, just seem to be like out on their own little mission here, and they they're Baby, coming see, for the Brand, which is obviously very interesting.
3: Maybe they killed their father. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just jump to like the worst possible
0: (laughs) This is Game of Thrones. What do you want? (laughs) Well, just taking it all together and reading the whole chapter apart from first impressions, because at first they look like they have it all together. Mm -hmm. He seems older. They both seemed older than they are. And that might be because we're speaking from the eyes of Bran. But either way, they have experience and they've made their way there and, you know, they've memorized some words. So they've got that going for them. (laughs) But after the end of the chapter, we see it linked together with what Bran is seeing. And that goes back to the first question that they asked, basically, when they got his audience, which was, hey, we're the big uh, we're the big wolves. We're the dire wolves. (laughs) So there's some motives that I think as a reader, we can take away from it.
1: Now I knew from watching season two of the series, um, you know, and doing this show, Selena, you said very early on too, that, you know, the reads and other characters that get introed don't on the show. And, you know, we were waiting and waiting and waiting for the reads to be introduced, but it didn't look like they would. Uh, and they didn't until, you know, part of the way through season three. So seeing them now, so early in these books, uh, you know, just for me, it stands out because already we've got some supernatural aspect to them where they're both in Bran's dream and they kind of know it, mm-hmm. um, which is which is weird. Uh, And I just feel like maybe it'll be done better in the books just because there's more time to kind of spread it out and, and kind of show because I, I think it got a little too mystical, a little too fast for me in the show. Uh, And there was just so little, so few of them, you know, so so few scenes of them in the series. So. For me, in the books, if they can make it sound less cheesy, I think than it did in the show, uh, I'm all over yeah. it.
3: Well, I, I definitely think that you have the time now, especially introducing them so early on in A Clash of Kings, to build up to what we saw. As you mentioned, Eric came very quickly in the show, and yeah. you were almost left wondering. It it made sense, but it, it seemed like these characters were sort of coming out of left field, and you yeah, weren't necessarily especially sure their connection y- when
2: they came in. You know, like like at the time, like here they come at the time of, of relative peace in Winterfell, you know, whereas in the show they came in at a very convenient time. You know, you could say where I think that and, and then they I think they really wanted them to introduce them in season three because they knew that book fans were already like me, were already impatiently waiting for them. But honestly, there just still wasn't room for them in the show at that mm-hmm. time. So that's probably why I'm I'm guessing that we're going to see a lot more of them, if not in season four. Um, probably in season four. Actually,
0: this is certainly one of our huge, incredible differences going into this book. That a lot of you guys on online were telling us through comments, or through emails, or through tweets, saying like, you know, this is where it's going to start getting differently. And this is kind of like how you guys warned Eric and I. You know, changes from the book that've been in the show. But this is this is a huge 180. You know what I mean? This almost has literally nothing to do with how they were introduced in the show, other than the fact that it's the same people that saw them for the first time. You know? Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah and. It goes back to the very, very beginning of this book when we got introduced to characters like Shireen and Solis, uh when those characters were not introduced until season three as well. So a lot of characters coming to the forefront in these chapters. Uh,
1: in the second book that didn't get any sort of screen time until season three. Mm-hmm. I like how they're able to do that and just hold certain characters back for the sake of the show so that it doesn't make it get like, I guess, too complicated. Cause they are featuring on so many, they're focusing on so many different places and there's a whole host of characters for every single place. I can, I can see why they did it. I just think it's cool that they're, they're doing their own thing. But now that we're reading the answers already here, like, You know, kind of what they're about and and what they do. All the things we haven't seen, all the things we might yet see on the show are already in the books.
0: It's interesting because, I mean, we're fine with the changes. You know what I mean? Like, they're changes. No one has any control other than the showrunners. But it's cool to come and see it from a book perspective because now we know we have pages and pages ahead of us of something that we don't even really know it's going to happen. But in most cases, going through these chapters, for us being behind the show, not terribly... Numerous things or surprises. You know what That's I mean.
1: That's true. Yeah, like this
0: is something that is different, and it's something we've been waiting for
3: for a while. And I think this was a great intro. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what I like about these chapters in particular, and you know, we'll we'll talk about this on Wednesday's show as well, is that this is all battle preparation. Like you're you're sitting there and you're watching all of these different houses. You know, the banners have been called, and and all these different families are now showing up at Winterfell. Uh, and if they haven't, they're with Rob, and and you know later on, you know on Wednesday's show we'll talk about Renly and and all the families that have shown up there. But you really get much deeper context now for the fact that this battle is about to happen. I mean, the book is called The Clash of Kings, but but now you're seeing all of these different, you know, all the different sides, all the different kings building up their armies and getting ready to go to war.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and instead sort of knowing what happens next, this this part of the book might feel a little bit. Um, frustrating to read, you know. But then again, if you look at the people that are being introduced in chapters like this one, it's really important to pay attention to everything that's happening. Which is, I mean, even as far as in *A Dance with Dragons*, some of the stuff that's being set up in this chapter is still paying off, which I think is really cool. Well,
1: I hope you caught too the uh, as I did the song that was playing in the background yeah. about the day the Night Walk, the Night's Watch, the day the Night's Watch went out. To uh face all the White Walkers, I think it was called like the Battle for the Dawn or something like that. And there's a song about it, just playing in the background. It is mentioned in this in this chapter. And gosh, would I like to hear that song the whole way through <laughs> to hear that story about how the White Walkers were kept at bay? Well, let, let uh, me sing them- it for you.
2: Okay. Yeah. Oh. oh okay.
1: Okay.
3: We um, need Hodor to start dancing to really complete the experience. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. And that wasn't the only song that they sang. There was
1: another one that happened to title an episode in season three.
0: Oh, was it the band that made it
1: fair? See that one. I already know about, there's no mystery behind that for me. And, and also I think they should sing that song more on the wall. Uh, you know, the one battle for Dawn, because maybe then they'd remember how to actually deal with the creatures (laughs) they're facing.
0: All these people, Eric needs to go and get like, he needs to be someone that is paid in Westeros for advice.
1: Just just remember this song. Remember this song. I bet that song in it, it says, like, obsidian dagger makes them shatter, and <laughs> you should do he this. You this. <laughs> this this is write down these words. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. That's good. Well, you became like a traveling bard, Eric. Just a very well-paid <laughs> bard. Right. That's cool. I do share uh, a birthday with William Shakespeare, so. So
2: that makes total sense now.
1: The bard himself. Well, I'm just saying that if these memories are, um, I want to say, preserved, encased in these songs that are very ironically placed... Um, you know within the chapters, then uh, they should be popular everywhere,
0: all right, well, since we're talking about stuff that owns
2: yeah um
0: <laughs> that was just that was bad, but <laughs> if we're if we're gonna be on a podcast called Game of Owns, we can <laughs> give you guys um our owns, and in this case, it would be an own directly directed completely toward the chapter we just discussed. I mean again, to reiterate. This was a chapter that was very much a celebration. And like Micah was saying, this is kind of what happens before war there in Westeros. The heads of state and the heads of people are... Gathering their p- other peoples and they're talking to each other and they're deciding what they're going to do and they're getting really
1: full and making many bastards. And some speaking of making bastards, some girl was getting in the in the hallway just when uh, Bran and Hodor were walking by. How about that? I know. It was, yeah, and Ho- <laughs> it was a big Hodor celebration.
3: Took quite a bit of interest in that.
1: He well, did. That was upset upsetting to read because she was giggling. It was a good time, and then she like caught Hodor washing her and she screamed. I thought that was a little insensitive. I don't know. Well, what but... would you do? <laughs> Maybe she
3: wasn't screaming. From looking at Hodor,
1: my <laughs> own's oh, going to Jojen Reed. Believe this or not, um, never thought I'd, I'd see myself saying this. I'm actually kid, but no, no, no. Well, okay, he uh, goes into the paddock, or I should say, God's Wood. I imagine it as being a little bit like a paddock where the uh, direwolves are kept. And uh, his sister's like, uh, you know, watch out. There's some direwolves here. And Jojen replies, uh, "It's okay. He won't hurt me. This is not the day I die." Mm. That's solid. So I was yeah. like, "Oh my God, does he know the day he's gonna die?" What?
0: Well, uh, taking a leaf out of Eric's book, I'm going to give you my own next. That is the only leaf out of that book I will take uh, for my own proceeding. It does not occur in a dream sequence, much like Eric's did, just at the end of the chapter that Bran was sleeping inside. What are you saying, of.
1: Zach? Are you saying that it's uh, not real? No, what I'm, I'm saying that your own is great, existential, solid. It's <laughs> okay. a great
0: own. Uh, my own is going to have to pivot and go back to the real world where Asha is working diligently inside the feasting hall. And this is directly from the book. She's, it says, Asha moved among the tables, pouring ale. One of Lebal Tallheart's men slid a hand up under her skirts, and she broke the flagon over his head <laughs> to roars of laughter. Yet Micken had his hand down some woman's bodice, and she seemed not to mind. So I think a double own today, one for Micken one for Asha, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Micken for getting away right? from getting away with it, I guess. No, Micken yeah. for taking a chance and it was mutual. So good on you Micken, good on you Asha, you know. Mm-hmm. Those are juxtaposing situations how it could go, people, take notes. Take notes. Yeah, O'Sha's
2: That's good. In the in this uh, part of the story, I think, yeah. I, I, gotta give my own to, uh, to Bran. I mean, again, I don't have to follow Eric's rules. So there. Damn it, Selena. And you guys are I really do, just trying to spit on your rules. You're not. Try, my seriously. King. Try but to smart. give the uh, <laughs> own to somebody else. <laughs> no. Um, oh. Bran gets my own because, uh, of the fact that he just. You know, started handing out the best food to the people that he liked because I thought that was an amazing thing. You know, for this eight-year-old boy to do, um, and for giving Joseph especially the uh the 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 giant lobster. I mean, you can just imagine like all these dishes come in, and then they they come in with this giant lobster, and all of the lords just like salivating, and then he's just like, "Yeah, the master of horse can have it." (laughs) And I thought that was brilliant. I also have to say, I mean, for an eight-year-old boy, he's already um kind of, kind of into uh what's her name Mira this 16-year-old girl that comes along i think that's pretty pretty bold him
1: she's mysterious yeah. they had a little moment she knows yeah. things that he can only do about he <laughs> did yeah.
2: he did he's eight i mean come on
1: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah i i have to give mine to uh to both of the reads there's that moment uh and really i mean i could go through the whole thing but i just think it's badass when they said together, to Winterfell, we pledge the faith of Greywater," And Jojen went on to say, I swear it by earth and water. Mira said, Wind I swear fire. it by bronze and iron. Oh. <laughs> and they finished together by saying, we swear it by ice and fire. Ice and fire. I, I know. <laughs> I read and that and I was like,
2: it's the name of the series. Oh my gosh. This is one of the reasons <laughs> I love the reads is because that's, that's that level with them where you just go. Jojen and Mira. Important? they know stuff, mm-hmm. but what they do, do they know? Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm, only the pages will tell us more. I, I think know. they know that they're part of a book series called Ice and Fire.
2: <laughs> I think so, too. I, th-
1: I think in the seventh book, it's just going to open with a prologue of them just talking to the audience. <laughs> being like, yeah, look, you may think far. you waited a while. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. And that's
2: why Jojen knows what's going to happen, because he's right ahead. <laughs> I
1: think it's because he eats frogs. Uh, maybe. And lizard monsters. Yes. Frogs are great creatures of divination. <laughs>
2: So on that note of <laughs> Divination Frogs. Well,
0: now this seems like just as good a time as any to show you and tell you guys, like it's a classroom assignment, the things that you have sent us that own for this chapter.
3: There are quite a few, actually.
0: There are. People like Bran.
3: They do. Including Susan Stacy, who agrees with you, Selena. Ooh. She says, Bran owns the Walder phrase with boiled beets and buttered turnips. <laughs> yeah, Welcome the reeds who swear fealty <laughs> with best. ice and fire. Also, uh, Karen Smith says, my own goes to Rickon for biting the girl who tried to cut his hair. Also, uh, Pluisa, or Pamela Luisa, as she's called in the real world. Uh, Mars Umber owned the dance floor, and Hodor, too. He did.
2: Yeah, he yeah. did. <laughs> picturing
3: Christian doing a jig.
2: Are we all yeah. it?
3: As he
0: does. <laughs> what about here? One from uh, an email address that is contact at com from a Miss Beth Meyer. She writes, hi, folks. I have finally reacquired a copy of The Clash of Kings and I've caught up with you. Wanted Ooh. to send in my owns for the next Bran chapter. I have to give one to Bran for, once he was full, directing the good stuff to folks like the Master of Horses, who trained Yay. Dancer, and Lady Hornwood, while sending Big Walder and Little Walder boiled beets and buttered turnips. Yucko. She goes on to say, also, I realized I had to give one to the HBO showrunners for giving us such a true portrayal of the characters of the Reeds, even though their introduction had to be under such different circumstances. I would agree. I like Yes. It. And finally, like a silly owned them. a summer who apparently was, even as a pup, running the show at Winterfell when Robert came to visit. <laughs> uh, she said, Summer rained then. Oh, ha ha, rim shot. I'll be here all week. Try the buttered turnips, she says. Ha ha ha. Enjoying your podcast, Beth Meyer. You know, Thank you, Beth.
1: Buttered turnips sound like a threat, sound like they could be used <laughs> in a threat. I love turnips. Mm. Really? Um, yeah, I, I do to see if I'm trying try to think the last time I had turnips or beets for that matter. I
2: like turnips. Um,
1: but we do have a okay okay I'm not going to get some <laughs> turnip hate all right
2: turn I'm turnips. not a turnip Are you hater not how many turnip fans we have out there listening uh, you're going to get some angry I don't emails get
3: I bet we have shit a turnip up. farmer
0: who's going to be like
2: to everybody just hates turnips. turnips because of the way okay. okay go
0: on All right here's another email I hope that has nothing to do with uh, turnips It's from David Wakefield and he writes Bran owned by still having love in his heart, despite all of his recent tragic circumstances. During the feast, while observing his courtesies and offering the choice, this is to the lords and ladies, he sent sweets to Hodor, an old man as well, for no reason, but he loved them. Enjoy listening
2: to you all. Thanks for that.
0: David W. from Nashville. Thank you, David. I mean, how can you not love uh,
2: Bran at this point? It's true.
1: Well, Angie with an A. Says Asha, with an O, gets my own for cracking a dude's skull open after he tried to feel yeah! her up. Hashtag, always ask permission first. Hashtag, creepy dude is owned.
0: <laughs> no, uh, adv- another hashtag of advice. Never ask permission to feel someone up. Just don't, just don't <laughs> they always do Always say no. Try
1: not to do it at a party where everyone's eating. You know what's weird is during reading of this chapter, can I just, I, I want to add in this little, oh my god, mind blown moment is... I was thinking ahead to the reads and stuff that we see them do in season three, and I realized because uh, they go on a little bit, I think, when Bran's getting back into bed about him being crippled because he's got to have the bars to kind of pull him along. And I was wondering if it, if Bran, eventually, if Bran is, is getting to the point where he can uh, warg, is it, into other bodies, mm-hmm. that he could essentially like not be crippled because he would just take control of other entire bodies and uh he could go into battle he could still be a knight through proxy
2: yeah but i mean it, it's true but at the same time it's not gonna be bran you know like you know when he walks well, into but it hodor, would be. hodor isn't bran unless you're saying that he could learn to do it more permanently
1: yeah yeah he could he could totally uh be like a knight you know on the weekends when he wants to just
2: work work to the Nights and weekends. there you go problem solved
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Is
3: is it possible for something in one chapter to completely own something in another chapter? Have we ever done that before?
2: No, but it sounds like possible. Do you
3: have something for us? I'm intrigued. I I just tell us. I just think the amount of food that was in this chapter (laughs) (laughs) spills over, (laughs) completely owned like the chapters with Tyrion when he's walking around King's Landing with all these people hungry. You know, that chapter (laughs) with (laughs) Arya where she's, like, scavenging for food and eating bugs. (laughs) So, in in addition to Twitter, Facebook, and email, which is com, you can head on over to iTunes and leave us a review where Nighthawk96 did with the title The Best and... All he had to say was awesome. Enough said. So he's <laughs> uh, he's keeping things a little bit brief, which is thank certainly, you, uh, Certainly okay. It uh, it cuts down on the uh, the recording time, which uh, I think Zach appreciates, right? So he doesn't have to. Renly like, understands
1: to brief. I think he's oh, a briefs geez. man. <laughs> well,
3: we'll be sure to discuss that on Wednesday's episode. Uh, <laughs> In I depth. can't think of anything better to discuss uh, <laughs> as we. Uh, as we head towards Renly's camp, but if you would like to uh, do what Nighthawk ninety six did, we would be much appreciative of it. Just head on over to iTunes and uh, leave us your feedback. Say hello to us in nice words, or else we'll send you buttered beats. Tell us your favorite short
0: story in the iTunes comment field. Just write it down. There's nothing wrong with that. My
2: favorite short story is called Five Stars.
0: <laughs> That's deep. Go on, give us that. <laughs> If it is past Monday when you are listening to this, we do apologize for the tunnel of time we have created. Wednesday is next. I'm
1: Zach. I'm Selena. I'm Eric. (laughs) And I'm Micah. (laughs) See you later. Magical.
2: Goodbye.